Brady stays home, Gronk does too. Those stories and more on this episode of Patriot Ways. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Patriot Ways, the show all about the New England Patriots here at 24-7 Sports. I'm your host Kevin Boylard. In a minute we'll be joined by Tyler Sullivan of the New England Patriots on 24-7 Sports via the Skype line here at the 24-7 Sports studio in Nashville, Tennessee. All right, big show we've got for you today. We're going to talk about Brady and Gronk not showing up to the first day of Patriots OTAs today. We're also going to be talking about the roster battles and some of those position battles going on between the players who did show up to uh, Patriots OTAs. And then lastly, we're going to wrap things up about Adrian Claiborne and his quad injury and what that means for the Patriots moving forward. Uh, those are the prepared topics we have for you today, but we also want to hear what you have to say. So please drop your thoughts and questions for Tyler in the comments section. We'll be reading your comments throughout the broadcast. I'll try to get as many of your questions as possible to Tyler so we can get them answered by the end of today's show. And if your question doesn't get answered in the comments section, don't worry about it. At the end of the show, we'll be opening up the phone line so you can call Tyler yourself and ask him whatever it is that's on your mind. All right, on that note, what do you say we bring in Tyler Sullivan of the New England Patriots on 24-7 Sports? Tyler, what's going on, my man? What's up, Kev? How you doing? I'm doing just fine. We're talking New England Patriots here with Tyler Sullivan of the Patriots on 24-7 Sports. Let's check out the poll. First things first, we want you guys to answer this poll right here you see below. Is Tom Brady hurting the Patriots by not showing up to OTAs? Uh, if you think that he is, hit that wow reaction to vote yes. If you think that he's not, hit that angry face emoji and uh, vote no. Tyler, where do you think the fans will stand on this one? I, I think it's going to go the way that we're already seeing it right now. I do think the Patriots fans will say, no, he's not hurting the Patriots because right now this is a non-mandatory situation where Tom Brady is not showing up to OTAs. It's you know not week one against the Houston Texans. It's not the Super Bowl. It's not the AFC Championship game. They're going to say, no, it's not a big deal. Yes, and as I'm scrolling through the comments right now, a lot of people agree with you. Uh, Justine saying Brady is a football god, so I guess he can do whatever the heck he wants. And then there actually are some folks who say that he is hurting the team a bit by not showing up, and that makes sense. I mean, the starting quarterback, not at OTAs, who's supposed to lead this team if not Tom Brady? Yeah. All right, well, let's... Let's jump into some of the questions or some of the, the topics that we have here today. We're talking, of course, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, both of them missing from practice. Uh, but let's talk Tom Brady in specific first. I mean, this is not a new story, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots kind of being at odds. Uh, but now it's finally coming to fruition where we see, okay, the Patriots are on the field and Tom Brady isn't there with them. And that's a little bit concerning to fans. So what is... Tom Brady's angle, Tyler, uh, and when it comes to skipping New England Patriots OTAs? Yeah, well, I think there's a couple of things going on with Tom Brady. Obviously, we saw at the end of that Facebook watch documentary series, Tom vs. Time, family was a big, big portion of his, you know, the end. He wanted to make that a big priority this offseason to spend some more time with him, especially now that his kids are getting older and you kind of realize that he's a dad. He's no longer dealing with like young, young kids. They're actually becoming people. So I do think that that is something that he's kind of maybe sobering up to. And that's probably part of it. Obviously also hanging out with Giselle Bunch and his wife, who also has career aspirations. So I think there's that of it too, but for a more team specific thing, 
I think you got to look at a couple of different instances. One, I, I think that he'd probably like a new contract. We've already heard those rumblings that he would entertain the idea of negotiating a new deal. That's typically what goes on when he has two more years left on his deal like he does now. And so could that be something that him and Robert Kraft deal with? That, that obviously is something that could happen down the line. Clearly, quarterback prices have changed in recent weeks and recent months with everybody getting uh, these crazy deals now. So that could be part of it. But to me, I think the main sticking point is, and it's, it seems to always come back to him, but Alex Guerrero. I do think that Brady does want Alex Guerrero back into the fold here in Foxborough. As we all know, last year he was infamously stripped of his access from the team during the midst of that season. And that obviously rubs Brady the wrong, wrong way. He looks at Alex Guerrero as a guy that is almost directly responsible for him winning the MVP last year, having this just unbelievable tail end of his career here. And he points to Alex Guerrero being that way. So if he doesn't feel like the Patriots want him there, that kind of, you know, maybe he feels that a little bit personally when he's asked if he feels appreciated by the Patriots, this could maybe be the reason why he's pleading the fifth. Bob in the comments says, should have traded Brady and kept Garoppolo. Big mistake. Wow, Bob, that's a bold take, and I don't think you're going to have a lot of Patriots fans on your side. Meanwhile, Roger says, Brady is 41 and Gronk is injury prone. They're just being careful for the season. Look, Roger, it's a little deeper than just staying healthy. They could be, uh, you know, not a lot of players are getting hurt during OTAs. Uh, I know that uh, Gronk is a little injury prone, but he should be able to manage some uh, lightly padded walkthroughs uh, without getting hurt. Anyway, let's talk a little bit more about Rob Gronkowski because he's missing too, but I'm not sure it's exactly the same when it comes to his reason why uh, he's not with the Patriots compared to how Tom Brady is also missing. So, Tyler, is Rob Gronkowski's beef with the Patriots the same as Brady's, or is his angle a little, little less nuanced? Yeah, no, I think this is a little bit more tactical than anything else. Yeah, there, there were the rumblings that he didn't feel appreciated, you know, similar to Brady in that regard, but... I think this is more about his contract. There have been rumblings now for the past couple of weeks that he is going to get a new contract, a restructured deal very similar to what happened last year when he got an extra $5.5 million in incentives for the 2017 season. That seems like it's on the horizon. So this is basically what's going down now. The Patriots are looking like they're going to be talking about these, these sort of negotiations with Gronkowski. It feels like it's going to happen fairly soon, but it can only happen on beginning on May 24th because, per league rules, you can't have restructured deals in twice in a calendar year. You can't have that happen multiple times. It's just really not good business. So when the 24th comes around, that marks the year that they can now obviously come up to a new deal. And so that, to me, is what I think is happening here. They're waiting till May 24th to announce this new deal. It may already be agreed upon, but officially announcing it on May 24th, which just happens to be the third day of OTAs for, for the New England Patriots. So I wouldn't be surprised to see number 87 out there with a fresh deal kind of starts a new year. And so why he's not showing up now? Why risk getting injured and all of a sudden screwing up contract negotiations and, and all of that in these first two days? Again, it's it's very unlikely that you get injured during OTAs, but this is Rob Gronkowski. Sometimes as, as beefy and as big as he is, sometimes a feather can just break his back. Michael and many others in the comments section are wondering why this is even important. I mean, Ron is mentioning that, uh, or reminding us that these 
workouts are voluntary and doesn't even want us to talk about them. I'm sorry, Ron. We're not going to cut the show short here because you don't want to hear us talk about it. We're going to continue to talk about Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski missing the New England Patriots OTAs because there are a lot of Patriots fans that want to know what this means. And maybe you can fill uh, Michael and some of the other commenters in who are a little uh, clueless or wondering, curious, I guess you could say, on why this is such a big deal. So, uh, Tyler, both Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady are expected to be at Patriots minicamp when those are held later next month. So what's the big deal about them missing OTAs? Well, listen, I don't even have to tell you. I can tell you what Tom Brady feels about OTAs. Back in 2013, this quote is starting to resurface on social media. So this isn't an original thought, but this is what has been surfacing around social media. We wrote about it. It's on 247sports.com with the Patriots section. Brady talked about the domino effect that OTAs and all of this stuff has. Again, we don't see it because it's not on TV. We're not seeing it on Sundays. Like, it just doesn't register to a lot of us who don't see it on a day-to-day -day basis. But what Brady was talking about was, well, if you have good OTAs, well, then you're going to have a good mini camp. And then if you have a good mini camp, you're going to have a good training camp. And if you're going to have a good training camp, well, then your odds are you're going to have a good preseason. And then if the preseason's good, you're going to start off the year right. And then if you start off the year right, well, then the second half of the season's good. And then you make the playoffs, and it's just a domino effect. And that's what Brady said back in June of 2013, highlighting the importance of these OTAs. That can be monotonous at times, that you just keep you know doing the same thing over and over. But this lays that foundation for them to continue to grow the playbook, continue to grow on the chemistry. Again, there's a lot of new guys on this team. There's a continuing growing of the chemistry there. So it's important that Brady's out there. That's, that's basically what it is. If this was... Even say, you know, a couple of years ago or even even last season where there really wasn't that many changes in terms of their offense. Like, you know, you got Dan, you had Danny Mandola back. Yeah, you did have Brandon Cooks. But like you have all of these guys. Well, then maybe it's not such a big deal because Brady has such a rapport with these guys that it's not really a huge deal. But the fact that you have so many new players on this team that, yeah, you kind of need to be out there to do that. And then just not even on a on a standpoint of how it impacts the on field product. There is some sort of symbolicness to it. Tom Brady is obviously the leader of this Patriots team, and for the fact that he's not out there, that does set off a bad tone in terms of what that may mean going forward, and just from a locker room gel standpoint. Yeah, I saw one commenter very early on say family first when mentioning uh, when you said Tom Brady is focusing on his family, and then Shelly in the comments during that most recent answer said community first. Uh, so I want to know where does uh, your trainer and business partner rank on that uh, ranking uh, compared to your team. So uh, I'm wondering, are Brady and Gronk going to be working out with Alex Guerrero during this time that they're not at New England Patriots OTAs? And if so, what does that mean? Yeah, see, going back to the family thing, yeah, I, I think that that's part of it. It's, to me, not the number one thing. I think there are a lot of legitimate issues at bay between these teams. And I think one of them is, like you said, is Alex Guerrero. And yes, they will be working out with them. Brady has been working out with Alex Guerrero pretty much all offseason. This is the guy. This is, you know, they, they pretty much drink the same Kool-Aid. They, they do all that stuff. So, yes, he is going to continue to be working with him, and that's, you know, how it's going to go. To me, it really wasn't that big of a deal for him to miss these, you know, all of these workouts prior to OTAs because it's mostly conditioning and weight training and all that kind of stuff. And we know Brady's doing that with Alex Guerrero. And, and Rob Gronkowski's like that, too. He's going to be doing the same thing with Alex Guerrero. So, I think maybe for the meantime, you know, obviously Rob Gronkowski, I anticipate him being there in the next few days or so. 
So I think there's going to be a nice mix between him working with Alex Guerrero and being with the New England Patriots. But then going to Tom Brady, yeah, he's going to go pretty much, you know, cannonball into Alex Guerrero like he always has and probably how he never even stopped this offseason. Robert in the comment section says this isn't going to have anything to do with them on the field. And you've said that on Patriot Ways in the past, that none of this is going to affect the way uh, that things uh, go down on the field this season. And Robert says, let's talk about it again during the season if it actually ends up being a problem. So, Robert, that's fine. We'll move on and we'll talk about the OTA roster battles going on at New England Patriots offseason workouts. So, the wide receiver position is one of the more intriguing position units to watch in these early offseason workouts, considering they're bringing back Julian Edelman from a season-ending injury last year. Chris Hogan is also returning, but they lost Danny Amendola to free agency and Brandon Cooks left via trade. So, Tyler, which wide receiver are you picking to break out of the pack at camp this, uh, this offseason? The guy that I'm looking at is another familiar face. It's just that he hasn't been around that long. I think Malcolm Mitchell is a guy to really keep an eye on here. He missed all of last season due to a knee injury, and that's a very real issue. He had issues with that back in Georgia. It's clearly kind of coming back up here in the NFL. But if he's healthy, if he is legitimately healthy and ready to contribute to this team, I see him being one of the most important players to this offense in a long time. you got to think about it from not just a 2018 impact. You have Chris Hogan in a contract here. You have Julian Edelman coming off a torn ACL in pretty, you know, mid-30s now. He's getting a little bit up there. And we know the future of Rob Gronkowski. Obviously, he's playing this year. But beyond that, who knows? And a lot of these guys that you brought in, your, your sixth-round guys like that, they're all on one-year deals. They're going to be up at the end of the year. So they might not even be here for that long. The fact that Malcolm Mitchell is young, he's talented, and Brady trusts him, as we saw in the Super Bowl when he caught six of seven targets for 70 yards, that to me is very important looking into this. And if he can be healthy and live up to that potential, I mean, the sky's the limit for this kid. Sticking on the offensive side of the ball, the offensive line is also of the utmost importance considering the New England Patriots lost their starting left tackle, Nate Solder, from last year to free agency. The New York Giants picked him up to a record deal, making him the highest paid offensive lineman in the entire league. So the Patriots are losing a big member there. So, Tyler, how will the offensive line look differently in New England four weeks from now compared to how it looks today? Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, it's probably going to be difficult to figure out what it's going to look like during OTAs. Again, there's no contact during this stuff. You're really going to know in training camp. But I do think it's interesting to see, okay, who's lining up with the ones? Who's, you know, who has the inside track of sorts to get that left tackle spot? Because everything else should stay relatively the same. I mean, you're going to have Marcus Cannon coming back. He'll be your right tackle. Shaq Mason will be your guard spot. You'll have David Andrews at center. You have Joe Tooney as the other left guard spot. He's injured too, but he should be ready for the start of the year. So to me, I think it's that left tackle spot. You're going to be looking at Trent Brown and obviously the first round pick out of Georgia and Isaiah Wynn. It feels like those two are going to be the ones battling it out. And, you know, we've, we've often talked about Isaiah Wynn maybe, you know, shifting over to guard at some point because of his size. He doesn't really lack or have the ideal size of a starting left tackle in the NFL. He's only standing six foot three. And for, you know, comparison's sake, Nate Solder was like six, seven, six, eight. I mean, he was a monster. And that's very similar to what Trent Brown is. So, you know, from a, just a silhouette standpoint, 
it looks like Trent Brown could have that spot. But again, you're not drafting at number 23 overall in the first round to get a guard. It just doesn't feel like that. So I think they're going to try to give Isaiah Wynn as much leeway to win that position as possible. There's a lot of fans in the comment section agreeing with your Malcolm Mitchell analysis and a lot of fans who are excited about what Isaiah Wynn is going to bring to the New England Patriots as a rookie. Hey, he wasn't the only first-rounder out of Georgia that the New England Patriots picked up. Don't forget about Sonny Michel, the running back, who's going to have a chance to make a big impact for the New England Patriots in his first year as well. So, Tyler, what must Sonny Michel do at OTAs to grow his role as a rookie with the Patriots? Ball security. That is the number one thing that Sony Michelle needs to do during OTAs, whether it's at lunch at Gillette Stadium. It's ball security all the way through. That's what he needs to focus on because as unbelievable as he was at Georgia, I mean, he was legit, what, 7.9 yards per carry in 2017? That is absolutely bonkers. Ran for over 1,200 yards, 16 touchdowns. The dude is legit. He is going to be a fabulous addition to this offense as long as he hangs on to the football. That was an issue at Georgia. He did have a case of the fumbles, and already the Patriots were asked about this. Running back coach Ivan Fears was asked about this very issue about Sony Michelle, and we were wondering, okay, what happens if he starts to fumble? And they weren't shy to say, listen, he's going to go on the bench. He will go on the bench if he puts the ball on the ground just like anybody else. It doesn't matter that he's a first-round pick. It doesn't matter. The Patriots are famous for benching high-profile guys and bringing up the no nobodies and making them stars. So they won't have a problem putting Sonny Michelle on the bench if he decides to fumble, but that's the number one thing he needs to go through with these OTAs. Completely try to throw out that narrative. Have a clean OTAs, don't put the ball on the ground. Again, this is no contact, you shouldn't have any problems, but that's what his mission number one should be. Before we move on to our last segment here, I have some commenters in here that want to talk about Cordero Patterson. Uh, David in the comments is describing him as the sleeper in the wide receiver court. I know the Raiders thought the same thing when they were getting him from the Minnesota Vikings. Didn't end up being the case. Why could things be different in New England, and why can Cordell Patterson end up being a big part of the Patriots' plans? Yeah, well, I, I think it's because Bill Belichick seems to have a plan for Cordell Patterson. When they acquired him, and, and he went on Good Morning Football on the NFL Network, he talked about what Bill Belichick told him after they acquired him. And he basically said, just to kind of paraphrase it, I'm going to actually make you the player that you're supposed to be. I'm going to fulfill everything, all of your talent, and you have boatloads of talent. We're going to unlock all of that. So whatever that may mean, whether that's in the return game, because he does have that versatility, that's probably his best asset. Or as a legitimate receiver in an offense, he can start to become that guy. He hasn't really, really lived up to that potential in terms of being on the offense. But maybe he is that gadget player. I mean, we saw last year when the Patriots got a little creative with Brandon Cooks, run a lot of jet sweeps with him. Could all of a sudden Cordell Patterson start to have that role? He's a fast guy. He does seem like he's good with the ball in his hands. So that, to me, could be something that you see him, maybe as a runner and all of that. So I'm curious to see what he looks like here, too. And I think Bill Belichick has some plans, and obviously Josh McDaniels is pretty creative. So I think they'll uh, have some good things cooked up for him this season. Before we open up the phone lines, I want to hit one more topic here. I know I mentioned earlier that injuries are rare at this time of the year, but they do happen, and the Patriots are dealing with one to one of their biggest name guys, and a new guy at that. It's Adrian Claiborne, the defensive end they brought over in free agency from the Atlanta Falcons. Nine and a half sacks last year, but he's got a pretty bad injury history, and now he's dealing with a quad injury, the severity of which we do not know. So, Tyler, I want to ask you, considering all of this, given Claiborne's injury history, 
history. Can the Patriots really even count on this guy to be healthy during the regular season? And who will provide that pass rush if he's not the guy? Yeah, no, and you said it too. Adrian Claiborne's history is crazy. It's just absolutely insane that this dude is still standing, let alone, you know, actually playing in the NFL. I mean, you know, you see it right there on the screen, ACL tear, a couple of bicep tears. It's just absolutely crazy about what he's had to deal with during his NFL career. And then going back to his actual injury right now, the quad injury, we don't know the extent of it. ESPN's Mike Reese said that he should be ready for training camp. So it shouldn't impact his season, but considering what you're seeing right now in terms of his injury history, you do have to kind of take things a little bit slow with this guy and see what goes on. But ultimately, I don't think the Patriots are straight up relying on Adrian Claiborne to be the answer to their prayers at a pass rushing spot here. I think the Patriots are really hoping, opposite of Trey Flowers, that Dietrich Wise becomes that guy that we saw in his rookie year, really kind of was asked to do a ton in the wake of a lot of injuries on that defense, played very well. And I think Derek Rivers, one of their top picks in the draft last year. Again, they only took four guys. There's only two guys left from that 2017 NFL draft class. It's Dietrich Wise and Derek Rivers. And both of those guys are going to be asked to do a lot in terms of that pass rush. And I think that's where they're going to be looking at the most. Again, Adrian Claiborne could be a good piece, but I think it's these two that they're going to try to build around. One, because they're young, and two, because they're very talented. All right, it's that time. You've all been waiting for it. You're watching Patriot Ways, but the phone line is officially open. Now it's your chance to have your voices come through our microphones here at the 24-7 Sports Studio, and you can ask Tyler whatever question you have. Uh, and believe me, many of you want to talk about anything other than Brady and Gronk missing practices so far, but I'm going to jump right in there with one more quick question while we're waiting for the phone to buzz, because uh, we had a commenter, Chuck, who says, Brady's given up millions for the team. Does he deserve more of a break? Uh, I wouldn't say so, because I think the Patriots have kind of helped him out in that regard. Yes, it's he's taken multiple pay cuts for them to bring in certain guys, but they've also rewarded him with competitive football teams each and every year. It's not like they just pocketed the money and said, ah, well, you know, go screw. It, it wasn't like that. It was, all right, we're going to go out and get Brandon Cooks. And yes, that may not have worked, but we, at least we tried to bring in a top-tier wide receiver and things like that. And also, I mean, we talked about this last time, too. They also got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. That's no small thing. We look at Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers right now as a viable team in the NFC. If you put him on the Patriots with Bill Belichick, I mean, come on now. That is a you're starting this whole thing up again. So the fact that they were able to or at least willing to, you know, maybe begrudgingly, but they were able to and willing to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo and double down with Tom Brady. I think that, that speaks volumes to how much he feels appreciated or how much he is appreciated in that organization. So that's how I kind of look at it. All right, please get your calls in now. Give us a phone call at number 615-422-5240. If you have a question that you'd like to ask Tyler, now is your chance. Give us a buzz. All right, so we have a lot of commenters in here. Um, Robert saying, you know, Bill Belichick, he knows things. He sees things, and he knows how to make gold out of silver all day. Is that why the Patriots fans may not want to talk about or really be concerned about Tom Brady and Gronk missing practice because Belichick finds a way to make it all work out in the end anyway? Yeah, and I think that's I think that's absolutely part of it. And also, I mean, we all know that, you know, I think Tom Brady and, and Rob Gronkowski at the end of the day are going to be there like week one. When we really see the Patriots and it really starts to count, they're going to be there and it's going and they're going to have a 12 win season. It just it just feels like that's going to be the case. But this whole issue, I think that this is where kind of people get confused about what we're actually talking about. This is more of a big picture thing. Yes, they're going to be good this season. They're going to be great. But 
does this rift, whatever this is going on, whatever's happening here, whatever you want to call it, does it all of a sudden shorten the lifespan of what's going on with the Patriots? That, to me, is kind of how I've been looking at it. Whether it's, you know, say they were at a five-year window that with Tom Brady over these next few five years, does all of a sudden this bring it down to four or three? And they'll be competitive whether it's five years, three years, or four years, but that's kind of what I'm looking at there. Again, that number is 615-422-5240. If you'd like to be featured on the show, we're looking for phone calls right now, but we've got plenty of questions in the comment section, and I've got plenty up in my old noggin that I can share with Tyler if you guys are too shy to share your own questions. So we talked a lot about offense. We talked about the wide receiver position, offensive line. We talked about Sony Michelle, but we didn't really touch on defense. What position battles, what players are you most interested in seeing at OTA's minicamp this spring? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited to see what goes on in that secondary, specifically with the cornerbacks. Obviously, we know Stephon Gilmore has one spot locked up, but the other side, a little bit of an unknown. I mean, we, we have Jason McCourty now. We have Duke Dawson, second-round pick from this team. And in the wake of the Malcolm Butler you know, departure, you know, Super Bowl benching aside, he was a very good cornerback for this team. And you know, I thought they had one of the best one-two punches in terms of number one corner and number two corner in the NFL last year. So if all of a sudden you lose that guy, you know, maybe Bill Belichick didn't value him in the Super Bowl, but he was a pretty good figure over the last few years. So I'm curious to see what goes on there. I think that Jason McCourty is going to solidify himself as the number two corner on this team, but don't sleep on Duke Dawson. The Patriots were very high on him. They scouted him for a long time. They were willing to kind of monitor that whole situation in that second round to take him. And could he be their slot corner and really kind of solidify himself in that role until he grows into a true number two? I'm, I'm curious to see what goes on there. And obviously there are other spots, you know, Dante Hightower returning and things like that. But Duke Dawson to me is very interesting to watch over the next couple of weeks and months. Again, that number is 615-422-5240. Shelly wants us to call her. I'm sorry, that's not how it works, Shelly. Uh, you got to call <laughs> us. But we still have time. If one of you wants to call in right now, please give us a, a buzz so we can get your question to Tyler. Okay, I'm going to ask one more here while we're waiting. Um, you were just talking about the secondary. And we had a commenter, Jonathan Hogden, in the, in the comment section mentioning uh, the Bill, Malcolm Butler benching in the Super Bowl last year and uh, talking about coach Belichick and how that was an example of him being wrong on the biggest stage. Do you think that perhaps that is in the back of Patriots fans heads and maybe that's why a lot of them are on Brady's side? I think that's probably part of it. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule that out. And I said this too, in a couple of things that I've written so far for the site as we kind of a primer for OTAs. I do think that this is one thing that we kind of need to watch here. The Patriots, you know, one of their famous mantras is that we're on to dot, 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 whatever that may mean. We're on to 2018. We're on to Cincinnati. We're, we're all of that. I wonder if the Patriots are on to 2018 or if we're still thinking about the Malcolm Butler situation. And we had a report earlier this offseason from Pro Football Talk that Patriots players now, not just fans, but players, were still kind of miffed at the decision. And it really feels like no one as a whole has gotten the complete answer about Malcolm Butler. We hear some players say they didn't know. We hear some players say we knew all week. It, it it's, it is very odd that what players didn't know or did know or if they're just straight up lying. That's obviously a possibility there. My thing is, if it's still an issue and, and only Bill Belichick and the people in that locker room can really know if that's a real issue. But Bill Belichick needs to have the wherewithal to get them in a room and say, listen, this is why I did it. It may have been wrong. It may have been right. 
but I wanted you guys to know so we can move on to the 2018 season, and this is not in the back of our minds, when I do make a questionable coaching decision in 2018, because that's obviously going to happen. Bill Belichick makes hard calls each and every game. You can't have players thinking back to that game and they just won't focus on the 2018 season. They'll, they'll have that in the back of their minds. That'll fester, and that could rear its ugly head later on in the season. You just don't want that. It's very similar to what happened with Pete Carroll in the Super Bowl 49 when he decided to throw it instead of giving it to Marshawn Lynch. I feel like that was an issue with the Seahawks for many, many years after that play, and I think Belichick needs to kind of you know, take a proactive approach and try to squash that. I think you're absolutely right, and you touch on a lot of factors that – make the Patriots one of the toughest teams to discuss at this point in the season or the offseason uh, because so many people don't want to talk about the news and, uh, you know, it's hard to get people interested in uh, all the other stuff. So uh, we'll continue to talk and do our best to get the Patriots fans engaged here and uh, get everyone, uh, you know, interested in what we, what, what's going on this offseason because it is a big deal. It really is. Whether you want to believe it is or it isn't, um, it, I think it is. And let's just take a look, final look at the poll, and we'll get uh, Tyler's last word. We asked fans to vote, is Tom Brady hurting the Patriots by sitting out of OTAs? And you can imagine what the fans said. Only 18 saying, yes, he is hurting the Patriots. 110 say no. Tyler, where do you stand on this one? I think that, you know, hurting is a very, you know, a strong word there. I do think that he is kind of, you know, nipping at the Patriots a little bit here. I do think that it's going to be interesting to hear what Bill Belichick has to say on Tuesday about this situation. But I ultimately do think that Brady is hurting the Patriots, for lack of a better word, because he's not there because of, like, what he noticed back in 2013, that domino effect. The fact that he can't work with Braxton Berrios, the sixth-round pick, and start to form that timing. Yes, he's gotten a lot of comparisons to Danny Amendola, throughout the pre-draft process. But the reason why Danny Amendola was so great for the Patriots was because he had that chemistry with Tom Brady, that timing. And that starts to develop now, especially for a young rookie. Same thing with Jordan Matthews. Same thing with Cordell Patterson. You know, he'll be able to shake the rust off pretty quickly with Julian Edelman and Chris Hogan and Rob Gronkowski and those guys. But it's those new players, like Sony Michelle, too, in the backfield. Those guys, to me, are going to be hurt the most with the Tom Brady not being there just because it puts them behind the eight ball. So... At the end of the day, may not mean it too much in terms of a wins and loss total, but in terms of player development and chemistry development, I do think that it would hurt the team. And I'm also curious to wonder, and this is where my brain goes now, would Tom Brady be doing this if Jimmy Garoppolo was still on the roster? Would he be so easily just sitting on the couch? And I don't know if he's actually sitting on the couch, but use your imagination. If Jimmy Garoppolo, if he knew Jimmy Garoppolo was the one throwing passes to his receivers rather than Brian Hoy or a virtual non-threat to him in 2018. If it's Jimmy Garoppolo, is he willing to sit back home and not go to these OTAs or does he feel the heat because he knows that this is a guy that could legitimately take my job? I think that's an interesting one. And ultimately, I think if Jimmy Garoppolo was on this team, Tom Brady would be at those OTAs. Interesting point, and to carry on with that point, or if they picked up a guy early in the draft, you mentioned it, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, guys they were interested in. If either of those guys ended up on the uh, draft, on the team after the draft, things might be a little different. And you described it in a previous episode of Patriot Ways 
as a resounding endorsement of Tom Brady, what the Patriots decided to do in the draft. So it all comes full circle, and guess what? If you stick around to the end of Patriot Ways, you actually get some insight. So, Tyler, we're going to keep trying, and uh, we'll have the show on again at some point soon. And uh, hopefully at that point, Patriots fans will be a little more willing to talk about Tom Brady and his impact on the New England Patriots. But until then, what I need you guys to do is follow Tyler on Twitter, at Tyler Sully. Follow his work, like all his stuff, and uh, continue to share it because he's doing a great job for us at 24-7 Sports covering the New England Patriots. All right, Tyler, thanks for being here today. We know you're a busy man. We're going to let you get back to work. Thanks, Kev. Talk to you soon. All right. We're going to close things out here from the studio in Nashville. I'm Kevin Boylard, your host. Again, that was Tyler Sullivan. Follow him on Twitter, at Tyler Sully. If you'd like to follow me, you can, at 247KevinBoylard on Twitter. Search me on Facebook. Find the page with a little check mark next to it. Add me, follow me, like my page, and also uh, send me a DM if you want to chat Patriots football, NFL football, or just life in general. I'm down for whatever you guys want to chat about. That's why we do this show with you every, every day almost. I mean, the Patriots one, it's about once a week, but every day we're live. So check us out and make sure if you're on the Patriots page, you're liking and sharing all the stuff that's posted there. Tyler's working day and night trying to get you guys the best Patriots content. So when you do find it and you find yourself in one of his articles, make sure you're signing up for that newsletter link so we can send our content directly to your inbox and you get the breaking Patriots news right to your email. You don't have to go anywhere to find it. And that's got to be the best way to be a fan uh, that I know of at least. Anyway, I think that's about it for Patriot Ways here at 24-7 Sports. We'll be back again next week to talk some more Patriots, Tom Brady, Ron Gronkowski, and all that good stuff with Tyler Sullivan. i got to give a quick shout-out to not just Tyler, but the guys in the control room. A.A. Ron is back from his honeymoon, back in action, doing a great job. Mike, the producer, also working hard in the control room. So big shout-out to them, to Tyler, and to the rest of the NFL team here at 24-7 Sports. I'm Kevin Boylard. Make sure you're keeping it locked right here where we're talking your team all the time.